If you've ever actually met me in person, you would know that I am not a hypochondriac. I've always been curious as to why people have to, they, they grab a hold of stuff off the internet and they think, oh, I've got cancer. No, you've got a, you know, you're allergic to ragweed. No, that's not the way it works. All this is brought on because we now have our fourth confirmed case of monkeypox which is not some kind of weird cereal, okay? And people are like, oh my gosh, is it another COVID? Well, it could be, I don't know. Uh, so I asked Andrea, but Andrea, can you talk to us a little bit about what monkeypox is, what, uh, where it came from, what it is, when, and then it, it, do you, how do you know if you got it? Do you know if you got it because your, you know, your arms fall off like leprosy, uh, you know, and, and, but first, before you go into that, give us a little bit of history about you and what your profession is, because you actually are quite qualified to speak to this stuff. <laughs> well, I've more qualified than me. I mean, you know. I've been a nurse, gosh, since 2002, I've done various things, ICU, med surge, dialysis, um, I was worked in ICU in Medical City. I worked in a step down unit in Medical City. Where's and Medical City? Medical City's in Dallas. It's a gosh, 700 bed hospital. Um, actually, very very close to uh, Presby, which is a hospital and that had the Ebola outbreak during uh, in Dallas. I stepped away from bedside right as that was hitting to start into a clinical documentation position, which is basically hounding the doctors about their documentation for insurance companies. And so I kind of had to step back for a little bit and kind of help out, get prepped for um, a potential outbreak of Ebola. So I got to learn how to put on the whole, you know, as we call it, the monkey suit, where it's basically everything's covered, but just a small section of your neck. Um, just to, in case the vampires get hungry, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you okay. know. Yeah. They gotta have a good place for We gotta them. be prepared for everything. Yeah, well, you know, vampires run hospitals. That's why <laughs> they're, they're usually the administrators because they know no one's gonna ask or second guess an administrator if he's in the blood bank in the bottom of the hospital. You know, he's like, no, man, I'm just a good bottle of Cabernet here. Don't worry about it. Or a 5 a.m. lab draw when you're half asleep, which is usually what poor lab techs get called. We all love you, but. <laughs> So I got to learn a little bit about that, and I was a be at the bedside in ICU during H1N1, which raved uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas, for a bit of time. Um, that was a huge, I guess you could say, eye-opening experience about potential airborne viruses and such. So. H1N1, that was bird flu? Yes, yes. It was so bad to the point that, that we pretty much had to... Um, get a separate vaccination shot for it as we were required. We weren't even allowed. If you didn't want to get the shot, you, they fired you. So really? yeah, um, I got the shot. Did it turn you into a bird? No, that would get interesting though. If I turned into a bird, mm -hmm. I could fly away. I don't know. You fly away. Fly away. <laughs> I'm sure your bones are hollow enough for that, but okay. But, um, I very much love medicine and been involved in nursing for a long time. I'm kind of inquisitive, like to look up stuff. Well, so you've got, uh, master's degree in nursing. Yes, I held a master's. Um, I held credentials and clinical documentation. I've, 
I have a BSN, an MSN, and a CCDS, which so means I'm certified in clinical documentation. So, and you've got others, but you're like licensed for everywhere but like New York and California as a nurse, right? Right. Yeah, I have a multi-compact license, which is nice if you want to like go get a job working somewhere else. You don't have to go through all the paperwork to be able to get a job. Right, but that's you also have to be smarter than the average bear. I have to take ethics tests every two years for various states. Texas is one of them, and so the ethics questions are like. If a patient gives you a hard time, should you A, stab them in the face, <laughs> B, roll them over so they can't breathe anymore, or C, take a deep breath and leave? Uh, something like that. <laughs> no, it's still talking about- I would about, be like A, A, A. Don't talk about patient's information, HIPAA laws, all that good stuff. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a big deal. So, uh, but you've had some interesting experiences though. Um, Being a nurse in the big cities. Yes, yes. I've got to have some interesting stories, experiences. Um, a guy came in. I was charge nurse. What, now, what's a charge nurse? Charge nurse is someone that you're in charge of the floor. You're the one that ever, all the other nurses hate because you have to <laughs> give them new admissions, change your schedule, their their assignments, mid thing. Yeah. It's you're You in can't go home for the next two weeks because we're shorthanded. I think they'd murder me and I'd be in a coffin if that was the case. But <laughs> well, uh, at least you'd be in the ER. Maybe somebody could revive you. But a guy- They want to revive you because they didn't have a question about something. And who's going to answer you? I don't know. You killed her. Oh, let's bring her back then. But you know, just various people coming in, dealing with the public and whatnot. So it's, it's a hard job, but it's a job I love very much. There was one time though that you got to puke in the toilet. Oh yes, that story. He loves telling the story. I love his story. It's like part of the reason why I'm like, oh no, you need to be my girlfriend. I was a charge nurse and it was a really stressful day and a guy came in and I was in a patient's room and I was trying to go outside the room and he was talking to me. We got him settled. I walked out of the room and there's this guy raising a fuss and he had a gun and everyone's kind of like just standing there at the desk and I stupidly, without thinking, just walked up, got the gun out of his hand, put it on the desk and basically everyone's staring at me. We ended up calling security and found out that that gun was live and had a round in it. And he just tore it out of his hand and says, look, motherfucker. He said, look, motherfucker. <laughs> basically like, look, sit down and shut up. What's your problem? Kind of thing. And <laughs> he was, I guess, dumbfounded. And later I found out it was a live round and I was had nerves so bad, I hung out in the bathroom for two hours afterwards throwing up because that was pretty dumb on my part. <laughs> but what was the real reason? Why were you so mad that you just walked up and took the gun out of the man's? I didn't want any more stupid paperwork that I had to <laughs> fill out because of a guy acting like an idiot because this, I don't even remember what the circumstances were. That. Something to do with a girlfriend or we wouldn't let him see somebody or something. Yeah, he wasn't a patient or anything. So there's no, no HIPAA involved in this because he's just like an intruder. Yeah, Dallas PD is like, uh, that's kudos and all, but that was dumb. <laughs> yes, but it gained you the everlasting admiration from me. <laughs> so what's your questions about monkeypox? I don't have questions about it. What do I have questions about? Monkeypox is bad. You just like moving on. You just went, I don't want to talk about none of this no more. Aww. I've known you for what, about a year and a half now? Yeah, yeah. My yeah. stories aren't that interesting. Though my favorite- Are you kidding me? The boy, did you tell me the story about you going up and beating up the robber? He's a mass murderer. He comes in to kill everybody. And you're like, give me that gun. I don't care. I'm not doing paperwork about this. Yeah. That's I, interesting. I was pretty hot. <laughs> i upset That's about it. That's extremely interesting. Or I think my favorite one is the time I took care of a guy that had a girlfriend and a wife. 
and he was on some a drip for his blood pressure and it kept going up and up and up and I kept titrating the drip and trying to fix the drip and telling him to relax and finally I said what is going on you've got to calm down or we're going to end up having to take you to a high level of care what's going on he says my wife is coming up and I'm like okay he goes and my pregnant girlfriend and I'm like "Uh, oh Uh, okay and I said well call one of them back and tell them not to come up here (laughs) I mean this is simple simple fix you can't come up here they're dilating my anus so <laughs> so basically I told him, I said, look, <laughs> why the hell would anyone want to dilate their anus? <laughs> I think if it was holding on to something. <laughs> oh Lord. I would not want to be the nurse involved in that. Um, so basically we told him, we'll put a sign on the door, but I can't say that they'll read the signs. Cause if you go into a patient's room or go into the hospital, sometimes nurses will put signs on the door saying, you know, MPO, we're only one visitor at a time, or yeah. various things. Nobody reads those things. And so sure enough, the the girlfriend went in there and sat down and was talking to him. And then a few seconds later, we saw what we thought was the wife, and it was, go in there. And it was like something off the Jerry Springer show. They come out into the hallway, pulling each other's hair, <laughs> and like wrestling there at the nurse's station. We end up having to get security involved, and they pull them apart, and she's throwing his wedding ring at him, and it was <laughs> just, it was hilarious. Um, end up taking care of that same guy a couple months later, oh. and I asked him, and I said, hey, what happened? And he goes, I got a divorce, and now I'm, and I had my, my child with the girlfriend now. And I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, I'm never doing that again. And I said, well, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should have uh, asked someone else if it was, do you think it'd be a good idea to have a girlfriend and a wife at the same time? But no, I'm Most never- of the time, the answer is No. no. I've never seen two women pull each other's hair out quite like that. I'm I have, but it was a pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> but you, had, you had to pay for that. This was like free entertainment. Yeah, free entertainment. <laughs> and again, it's not inside the realm of health. So, and because there was a third party, the girlfriend, he broke HIPAA confidentiality by letting her in the room. You could have anybody in the room you want. Yeah, but it's still the third party breaks the confidentiality you're you she so the interesting thing about you you are also a paralegal yes i got a paralegal degree i've not actually practiced yet but i've been i very much like the the whole things that how people write things and say things can lead to potential lawsuits and a lot of that stuff i end up doing in my current job with stuff that the way they word things i'd go back to the the doctor or to the legal department and be like you might want to watch this phrase because it sounds not necessarily damning, but it's just, if you didn't know what was truly meant by the statement, it could be misconstrued easily. It's like uh, children should not be thrown into the wood chipper while operating. One would hope. Right. But then somebody could say, well, what happens if it's not operating? Can I throw the children in? Yeah, that's technically a technicality, <laughs> but extremely, you need some common sense, man. But I'm just thinking wood chippers and you know, whatever. You and wood chippers. Yes. Anyway, uh, but... So you did SARS. Were you in SARS? SARS, H1N1, they all kind of run together anymore. We've had so many outbreaks of so many stuff lately. So I how mean, did that go? Whenever, so, so you said the, 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 what was the one that you, Ebola was across, across town, right? Yeah. Um, or the way the hospital set, Presby was two exits up from us, two or three exits up from the hospital. And they kept saying that it should have come to us really technically. Yeah. 
but he went to Presby and, you know, it was just one of those things that I don't think really any hospital was like prepared for at the same time. But I think, well, it's Dallas. You get everybody from all over the world coming into Dallas. Yeah, but Ebola though. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I mean, they have to, in, in Africa, they dig giant pits. They put the bodies in there. They set them on fire. And then they cover them up with lime and dirt because it's still, if you go there 10 years later, it's still in the dirt. You could catch Ebola just from the dirt. And that's why, that's where they thought this came from. Yes. Monkeypox came well, from- Well, no, the Ebola. Ebola, yeah. And monkeypox also come from Africa. It seems like a lot of our stuff's been coming from Africa. Well, the, they think that some guy- was digging around, and I'd have to get back up my facts on this one, but the, the last consensus I heard was they thought some guy was digging around in one of the mass burial plots from the last e- large e- Ebola infection. He's grave, dra- grave robbing. Yeah. And that's where it came from. It started back there. Really? I think. I mean, that's what I heard. So what, so what about... The, uh, but the one you did have to do was H1N1? Yeah, it it really... Rat- What's the process behind something like that? Process meaning to take care of the patient? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, um, what, what do you have to do? Well, we pretty much had to gown up, glove up, put goggles on, cover our shoes, cover our hair, and you have to wear a special type of mask, which I'm sure a lot of people and the listeners are um, very familiar with, the N95 masks. You wear those for patients who have tuberculosis and whatnot. It's to kind of help. It's really, really a good set of masks. And it was very common during the COVID outbreak, at least in our facility, for a lot of people to work um, the H1N1 masks. But the caveat behind that mask is you could get it and purchase it, and that's great and all. But if it's not fit tested properly, it's... You're not going to be 100%, you know, or highly, per, or even 90% of so like protected. COVID, we just throw on these masks and go on. And I know there's a lot of people that were upset about the fact that people were saying, oh, you just throw on this silly paper mask or, and you'll be fine. I mean, it'll help. I'm not going to deny that it'll help. But are you going to be like, full, like, would I go into a COVID room wearing a paper mask? No. Right. I would wear the N95, but you can't always get a hold of the N95. But if the M95 doesn't, it's not fit for you, then it's not going to work. No, no. You have to be fit tested. And um, a lot of the nurses have to be fit tested yearly for that. So you can buy them all you want to, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Basically, if you want to use one, if we ever have another outbreak of anything again, it's got to fit super, super tight to your face. I'm talking like to the point it leaves marks. You have to squeeze it around your nose, make sure your chin is covered. You have to turn your head from side to side and make sure there's no gap. On the side by your chin. Yeah. Yeah, You turn and turn it. And basically, if you take it off and it doesn't leave a ring, I'd say you're probably not safe. Really? If it's not tight enough to, to, to... To permanent for for temporarily embed itself in your face, it's not tight enough. At least when I wore them, that's how it felt like. It felt like it was like almost like wearing another another set of skin on your face. Mm. But like any mask, they're so hard to wear with glasses. They're very hot. They're uncomfortable. But when you're in those rooms, you better bring all your stuff you need for that patient in there. Because once you're in there and you forget something, you ain't coming out. You ain't coming out unless one of your coworkers is nice enough to bring it to you through the door or you take everything back off you go back out and you put a clean set of everything back on again 
So I guess since the podcast is called Things I Want to Know, I kind of was like, I, the problem is sometimes I do my research ahead of time and I'm like, oh, I don't care anymore. But at the time when I talk to somebody about what I want to do in a podcast, it's like, oh, crap. Now I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you found out what you want to know. Yeah, that's right. But I, what I wanted to know is what, monkey po- What the hell is monkeypox? Well, monkeypox is kind of like a cousin to smallpox. And before everyone starts freaking out. The first cousin? <laughs> never mind. In Arkansas, you never know. Yes, it's true. Good job following through. <laughs> <laughs> so, but as we all know, smallpox was like extremely, you know, deadly back in the day. And well, what was the statistics behind smallpox? Do we remember? <sighs> I mean, I, it's, it's hard to find really any statistics about that kind of stuff because it's not a very common occurrence at all in the United States. I mean, they stopped doing vaccinations since 1972. What the hell would they do that for? Well, they say it's completely eradicated. Well, it's eradicated because- Not completely. We have, every year we've got outbreaks. Well, this is true. But as far as like mainstream public, put it in your kids' vaccinations that they get at three, six, nine, 10, 12 months. I don't know after that. My kids are so much older now. They change all the shots and vaccinations pretty much every couple of years. But- they stopped it in 72. So, and I'm, my thought process is, well, you stopped it in 72 because everybody's vaccinated. You know, it's like, yeah. why stop it? But I guess. But if you're vaccinated, that doesn't mean it dies and goes away. It means it just doesn't hurt you. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, it's basically, it's a live virus. Um, but for most people with great immune systems, you adapt well. You maybe get the basic symptoms of, you know, like a sore arm and things like that, at least from what I've read on smallpox. I mean, it is so um, not well known for even nursing. Maybe not even some physicians I've talked to are like, you know, we briefly covered that in medical school, but because it's eradicated, they really don't go over it much. Variola virus. Yeah, variola. So it's uh, all the cow's pox, smallpox, chicken pox, I guess all the pox. Is pretty much cousins. Variola? Variola, yeah. Variations of it. Variola? Variola? I think that's how you pronounce it, yeah. Makes me think of a pasta. <laughs> We're not cooking this, not unless you want to I mean, get- We could cook it, it'd be fine. Pasta. Once you get to a certain temperature, it's dead. But you get all the- it, 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 you're, Oh my gosh, I'm just have a visual on that, and this is like- bleh. You can't eat it. I mean, it's small anyway, so- But you know, but interesting enough, when I did some research on the the vaccination, because I remember as a kid, when I was a baby, I was born in 77. So my grandmother, this nice, loving, sweet, grandmotherly type, never cusses, never raises her voice, for lack of a better term, bitched out the pediatrician for not giving me the smallpox vaccination. Because she very much said like, you know, she felt like it needs to be given. And I know it needs a nasty scar, but- um, Well, our parents all had it. Everybody that's over what probably right now seventy probably has that scar on the side of their arm. Yeah, I know my mom did, my dad did, but um, I mean I don't know. You get small patches of outbreaks just for whatever reason. Patient zero gets it from usually somewhere else outside of the U.S. I want to say and brings it over. I could be totally wrong, but it seems like with any of our outbreaks, it's come from some outside source. Ebola came from somebody coming over from Africa. SARS was Asian. A bird came from swine flu, got into the birds, mm-hmm. to the bird flu, and then it started crossing over to us as 
H1N1. We have international trade everywhere. So you, these people are coming from all over the world and visiting places yeah. and stuff. I mean, it's like that scene in uh, Uncle Buck's is rent the foot the de- disease when they go to the bowling alley. <laughs> so, I mean, just I would say with any type of respiratory illness, you know, the basic precautions they've told us to do during COVID, just follow him. If you're sick, don't go outdoors. Well, if somebody's got pustules on their face, don't be going around smooching them. I don't know much. why you'd want to do that anyway, but they look like I don't know, if you're some poor loser who can't get any and you're down on the street corner going, hey, baby, come here. What do you do for 20 bucks? I mean, you might think about doing it then, but I don't know. 20, po- 20 bucks and a lifelong of smallpox or monkeypox for the rest of your life <laughs> is probably not, you know, worth $20, but I, no, it's worth 20 bucks. I mean, <laughs> if you wanted to be clean, it's going to cost more. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, am I wrong? No, but you put it like that. Um, well, according to National Geographic, though, it says smallpox ranks among the most devastating illnesses ever suffered by humankind, according to National Geographic. I think they may be overplaying their hand a little bit with this article, but it dramatically altered the course of human history, even contributing to the dec- decline of civilizations. Well, it used to come in mass waves. Yeah, officially the deadly virus that no longer exists, but it's not true. It does exist. So the article, fact-checking this article is wrong. They say in National Geographic on their article that smallpox no longer exists. It does. Anything, nothing ever completely goes away. I mean, the only way that you can ever make a freaking disease completely go away is you vaccinate everybody on the planet and... Keep, Even then, it doesn't matter. You keep following up on it. It's, it's a virus. It's going to change. It's going to mutate. It's going to figure out how to adapt. That's what viruses do. I mean, not to scare everybody on here, but you need to use common sense. Wash your hands with soap and water. If you're sick, don't go outside. Uh, follow up with the doctor. Yeah. Don't, don't go on WebMD and get paranoid just because <laughs> you have nausea and vomiting. Well, U.S. Food and Drug Administration and this is this is what's this article? What's the byline? What's the dateline on this? Five twenty three two thousand twenty two. This year, they put out an article. It says smallpox preparedness and response updates from the FDA. What's new? In May, the FDA approved an intravenous formulation of tecovirumat. I don't know to treat smallpox. Now, why in the world would they need to make an intravenous Treatment for smallpox if smallpox is eradicated. Mm, there, well, then there wouldn't there would be no reason to. Well, so, you think about it. They don't want to go out there and be like, "Hey, everybody, <laughs> this is coming your way. Let's be prepared." Because people go mass panic. They have the slightest cough. They get on WebMD and think that they're like dying of cancer or have you know some flesh eating disease <laughs> instead of using common sense and going to their doctor. But I think that medicine that you mentioned is also the treatment if I remember correctly, for monkeypox, because they're the same similar family. Yeah, no, it would be. If they're in the same family, absolutely. You would, you would think, anyway. So if you've been around somebody that's got smallpox Just or monkeypox. listen po- to Dr. Paul. He knows it all. Thanks no. to the uh, cdc.gov. No, no. It's Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia. God, we love you, but man, people get on there and just say willy-nilly whatever. Yeah. Wikipedia is user generated new articles and stuff. It's not, that's another thing. If people get on Wikipedia, think it's gospel. No, it's about four guys that got on there and decided, okay, we're going to stop arguing about what we believe and make it part of the article. And it could be completely wrong. 
Well, it's like with anything that you read off of any site. Yeah. Fact check it. Now, CDC.gov, I would probably tend to lead towards most of their stuff is... I don't know. Some of the stuff that I've read on CDC is like, what? Uh, about, about eight years ago, they had on the CDC website the rates of cancer among smokers. Oh, uh, yes. I remember you talking about this. And yeah. I used to show this to people all the time just to show them how big a, big a horseshit that half the stuff you hear is. And they said they took a smokers from the 1950s till like 2012 or something like that, 2008. And you could see the smoking rates were dramatically going down, but the lung cancer rates were flat. They weren't rising. They weren't falling. They had a little rises and falls, which then is considered flat if they don't exceed the average. Right. And that's over since the 50s. The rates of lung cancers haven't changed. But yet the smoking is through the floor. You could get lung cancer, yes, you can get it from cigarette smoke, but oh, you can yes, get it from certainly. other forms like environmental factors if you live near yeah. chicken plants, if you live near, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, the feed mills. Or if you just ingest a lot of cocaine through your nose, you could possibly get lung cancer from that. Or your nose rots off, one of the two. Well, you know, whatever's, you know, whatever's first, I guess. <laughs> I've taken care of people that have done methamphetamine and lost the septum in their nose. Yeah. Well, it's when you're putting brake fluid in your face. I mean, crank is made, they just use brake fluid and, and, and carb cleaner and stuff like that. To, to, it's like, don't put that in there. Or rat poison, which is cumin or warfin. Which don't do that. It thins your blood. That's what kills the rats. Yeah. They, it kills the rats because their blood is so thin. They get a little nick or they're, they have a intestinal issue or a liver issue and they, bleed they just out. bleed out and die. They bleed out, yeah. It's very slow, painful death for the rats. So for anybody listening, you know, if you feel like you've got something like that, like, just use your common sense. So I got this friend of mine who will remain nameless because I don't want to listen to him bitch at me later when he hears this. <laughs> wow, whoever's listening. Yeah, yeah. Nobody listens anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> he... He said, I don't feel good, Paul. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I go to the doctor and say, they, they, they aren't sure what's wrong with me. And then to wait and make, see if I get better. And I'm like, okay. Six months go by. And he's like, he's like, Paul, Paul, I think I've got cancer. I think I'm dying of cancer. And I'm like, how do you know you're dying of cancer? Did you go to the doctor? Did you get an oncologist? What'd you do? Right? Right? He goes, no, I went on Web- WebMD and put my put my symptoms in and then they gave me all these different choices and and I really looked at it and I was like oh god I'm gonna have, I've got cancer I'm gonna die god help us all those people get on every health care worker's nerves <laughs> we, we love you all we love you coming to us and telling us your symptoms and what you think and we love you being an advocate but when the first words out of your mouth is I got my advice from WebMD symptom checker we, my uncle Bill he went to veterinarian school and he says that I could might have cancer <laughs> we roll you our, might as well you know, ask have, him <laughs> you, we roll our eyes internally in our head going oh shit mm-hmm. I mean we WebMD is great don't get me wrong I've used it even though I'm a nurse and see, uh, my son has celiac disease it's a new diagnosis and I'm a nurse and I'm like oh boy don't know a whole lot about this hmm so I went on there WebMD pops up along with all the other 
celiacdisease.org or gov or something like that. And I looked at it and I was kind of curious. I was like, well, you know, this is what the doctor tells me. I'm not really sure. It's great for like learning about test results you're going to have or, you know, understanding a little bit more about the disease process you've been diagnosed with. That's great. But the symptom checker even has a disclaimer on it. It's like a little blue print. You have to click on it. And he has this huge disclaimer about how it's, it's a tool and does not substitute professional medical advice. And, you know, that is great. And it needs that disclaimer because anything, any nausea, any vomiting, any basic symptoms like that that you're having goes with pretty much every disease process ever. Or... I'm allergic to this because I nausea and vomiting. And you, know, you listen to the medicines on TV about, I don't know, like any of the new heart medicines may cause nausea, vomiting, explosive diarrhea. Well, anytime anybody has one symptom, they have to list it. So don't go. <laughs> may cause third eye blindness. What? Sorry, that's a band. And you know, they do. <laughs> it'll like, it, they have to disclaim that on there. If anybody during the clinical, cl- clinical trial had Their any. clinical Critic, I have the clinical trial, guys. I, have, I, I I would really enjoy participating in the clinical trials. I have braces in, and he, loved, he loves to give me shit because I have a slight lisp. The clinical trials, yeah, something like that. You, clinical, the clinical. I hope not. What I I I, I thought I, I've liked that's the, for a whole other podcast, honey. The clinical trials, yeah, I'm in. Okay, when do I start? I don't know. <laughs> she's over there. She started red. Now that I'm turning red, I'm going to be like, oh my God, I'm going to take these things. I'm almost done, guys. I have to get my pretty little teeth in September. So everybody hang in there. I'm still looking forward to the clinical trials. That's for a very special time and a very special place. Which we will not be recording. <laughs> God, I hope not. Because that stuff lives forever. It does. Don't ever put anything on the internet that you don't want to be heard or seen again. It stays forever. Mm-hmm. There is one thing, though, about WebMD I thought was really, really nice that I really wasn't aware of. If you're like medicines are so expensive and a lot of people won't take medicines they need because they can't afford it. Yeah. And especially the elderly, they will sacrifice, you know, food for their medicines. And that's just as sad that in America that we still have this issue. But you can go on there and you can click in your medication. It can tell you where you could get it at. So I put in my most expensive medica- medication I pay for, Cardizem. Click that in there. It brought up, um, Walmart has it for such and such price. Yeah. You can put in how many 90 day supply, 60 day supply, whatever. And it get, lists it down for you, but it also has coupons in there. I didn't click on the coupon part. They may be completely worthless because you gotta be careful with some of that stuff. Yeah, though coupons are, especially in WebMD because they don't actually, if you know the way the internet works, uh, they put a code on their website from somebody they've got a little deal with. And that code is not run by WebMD. That code is changed and updated by the third party. Now, the third party could be someone who appears to be a good company on the face. But then, uh-oh, they have now stolen all of my information. They sent a guy to repo my car. And I don't even own a car. But here he is. He's Where's, your, where's my car? You know, it's like, I need to repo your pacemaker, sir. Because it is WebMD, I guess. Yeah, but it, I thought it was really nice because Cardizem is expensive. Stealing your pacemaker? No, that's not nice. It's not nice, but you know. Have you seen that one movie where they did that? They had to recall people's body parts. They would get like a transplant. If they didn't make their payments, the guys would come and, and cut it out of them, take it back. No, that sounds very disturbing. It's a cool movie. I can't remember what it is. 
But yeah. I thought that was neat because Cardizem cost me about like ninety dollars to fill about every for a ninety day supply. Yeah. And I have to have it. It's a heart medication. It's a angina medication, chest pain medication. Yeah. So I was like, wow. But you know, insurance companies can dictate where you go for your pharmacy. That's a whole other podcast in itself. So well, I mean, we're only about thirty two minutes in, so we've got another. We got plenty of time to talk about anything you want. But I, I just want some more information on the clitoral trials. Oh my lord! I'm not going to let that go. No. I know you're not going to let it go. <laughs> so, if you're hanging out with somebody, they got a bunch of little pustular acne on their face. Stop and think. Okay, has this person been venturing outside of the U.S.? Probably not. Did not they play Twister with an ape? Then you probably you're safe. But if, if they play Twister with an ape, and that's not safe. The ape would probably kill you. Yeah, that's true. But mm-hmm. um, they look like. Gosh, I don't think any, very few people. Like a burn more than anything. Like a really bad third degree burn. It looks like a pimple. Like a bunch of pimples. Yeah, but if you have a bunch of them together, it could very much look, depending on your skin color. Yeah. So just think about if you've had exposure. Go to the doctor. Don't like flip out and start cutting your, you know, cutting those pustules open. I mean, more than likely. Well, if you cut the pustules open, you might give it to somebody else. Correct. So that's how people get infected with monkeypox. But what's interesting though, with monkeypox I read, which kind of made me seriously think it, they think what started it, or at least what I've read is people who, you know, work in a zoo, handle the apes, things like that, get a scratch on their arm from messing with the, the monkeys. And that turns into monkeypox. My question is, is that's the case, then how is it getting over here? Is someone just like a handler from Africa coming over here, hanging out? Next to somebody. There are those really weird brothels in Africa, I'm just saying. Oh, Lord. Probably not, actually. Well, no, no, I take it back. Probably is. You know, you go to Rwanda, deep in the jungle, and there's a dude out there like, do you like Lucy or Jimmy? (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, it makes me wonder, how did that come over here? I mean, did somebody from Africa like... Yeah, they had it, and it wasn't presenting, or they didn't think it was anything, and they get on the airplane, and there's no quarantine, there's no wait. Uh, as long as they get through TSA, here they are. Getting through TSA is like a challenge in itself. Yeah, but it's not, they just let you through. I mean, it's not like anything else. You know what I mean? And then you come over here, you hang out with some people, you got a bunch of pimples on your arm and yeah. it. Tell me what this looks like a pimple. Gross. Yeah. So you got that on me, Bill. But the symptoms when you read it or sound like the flu other than the pimples on your arm or your yeah. face or wherever. No, it's not deadly, though, is it? No, like, like, no. Like the other pox, right? No, what I was reading on it, it's not. Because I was really curious about it myself, because Paul's like, we've got monkeypox cases in Arkansas. And I'm like, seriously? I'm not. I, I just thought it was interesting, that's all. I'm like, what are we, what are we doing? Hanging out with a bunch of people in the zoo? And we're just, just like, <laughs> I ain't going to the zoo. How am I going to get monkeypox? You know, right? so it's just... It was interesting, but, but I, definitely it's, it's like it's like everything else. People, it's like it's weird. Uh, I'm surrounded by astronomers at my job. These people are supposed to be good at math and all this other stuff, right? And they're supposed to be really smart people dealing with the sun and the moon and uh, nebulas and know all this stuff. And yet, when I take the program, when I take our 24-hour programming live, which is all pre-recorded, they still come on the comments and go. Is this live? Even though it says previously recorded right there in the middle of the screen. So 
even it doesn't matter if you think you're smart. Sometimes in certain some situations you're not, and so you get on like WebMD. I'll put my symptoms in. Oh no, I've got capitial postulitis of the posterior radical bone. <laughs> oh, and then you know you, you come in and you bring in that point, ma- point that bone out for me, will you? <laughs> The posterior, posthumous radical bone. The posthumous radical bone. I'm going, you guys are so crazy. (laughs) It's it's only a bone you grow after you die. And only if you're radical. I could say something here, but I'm just... You could say it. I'm being like, is that that half the freaking radical people in our uh, government system? Are they going to grow those bones out their ass when they die? No, they've already... It's hard to grow a bone when you have your head up your ass. That's oh, all I can say. That's true. This is very hard true. to grow a bone out of your ass when you have a head, bone up your, you have your head up your ass. So that's very true. <laughs> but now, basically, though, if you got like issues, advocate for yourself. You don't have to stick to the subject. If you want to move on, you can. I'm bringing it back because you got a little. You were like, "Let's talk about it now," and I'm like, "All right, fine," but. We could talk about something. We could talk about something else. Well, what do you want to talk about that? I don't know. I mean, you talked about, uh, I tried to get you to tell me a little bit more about your experiences without going too far. Uh, but I do have one story that's funny. Oh. Okay. I still, to this day, laugh about it and use this story to scare my children about various I enjoy things. scaring your children. It's fun. We had a guy come in. <laughs> he does, actually. Okay. They're teenagers, but we yeah, had a yeah, guy yeah. that came in, and he was kind of bent over. And he comes in, and we're trying to get him. He's, he's throwing his clothes off. He's just throwing his clothes off. And he... I'm getting naked. He spreads his butt cheeks yeah. and screams, get this out of my ass. And it's literally a dildo way up in his rectum. It's way up there. You see, like, the end of it where you turn it on. Wow. You should have just turned it on and said, what's your problem? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay. So he's leaning over there and he's like, please get this out. Please get this out. Biden tested positive for COVID again. Now they're saying he's got COVID again. He just got over COVID just like two days ago. Put a mask on that boy. He gets it because he goes around sniffing everybody's hair. Think about (laughs) it. Have you seen him do it? No. He's, he, there's whole memes. That's all he does. He goes around and sniffs everybody's hair. Maybe he likes the smell of Pantene. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's the other word, but okay. But, um. I'm just, I don't even have, I don't, you, anything goes on this, on, on this podcast, but I can't even go there with that because he's so creepy. We went from dildos to like Biden sniffing hair. Where it's else? It's kind of the same creepiness if you think so. <laughs> Right? I'm Where are we going to go next? I don't know. I imagine there's many, many stories about people putting things in orifices where things don't belong. Yes. And then we, I'm trying to keep a straight face as I leave the room because you can't really laugh in front of them, even though it's extremely hilarious. I would have. I felt kind of bad for the guy, but then. I'd have been like, dude, man, stop sitting on strange things. I get out to <laughs> tell the doctor and the doctor's like, what? And I said, yeah. And he goes. Can you go in there with me? So he's trying to keep a straight face in there. He gets yeah. out of the room, goes down the hall, and just goes into the supply room and just busts up laughing. This poor guy, though, ended up having to have surgery to have it removed. Now, had to have his, what, he had to have his sphincter cut to get it out, right? Probably. Yeah. I don't really remember the OR report. It's been so long. The sphincter is your 
the elastic portion of your butthole that keeps it closed instead of your poop just falling out. Correct. So Or poop falling in, I guess. I mean, it depends on where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> so the poor guy, when anything comes out of your body, it is measured. Anything. Any, any type of tissue, it's measured. It's sent I never path. measured any of my stuff. I go in there and poop. They didn't. Have, they didn't they we don't measure poop, but okay. if you like have your appendix out, we measure it. Oh yeah, you got to say you know that kind of stuff. And, and so if you do measure poop, there's this one guy I know, Mark. He would love that job. That guy's very strange. All he does, this guy, if you go to a party and he's drunk, if he's sober, he doesn't really do it. But if he's drunk and you go to a party and you have to go to the bathroom, he'll ask you before you go to the bathroom if he sees you, are you pooping? Are you pooping? I'll be like, none of your business, asshole. Yeah, but, but if you're answering, yeah, he goes, before you flush, let me know. Let me know. I want to see it. It's like, we'll see what? I want to see your poop. And he did that for years. And I would be like, Mark, if you go in there after I've taken a giant shit, I'm going to make you eat that giant shit and you're going to love it. He's like, I don't want to touch it. I just want to see it. That guy needs some serious, serious therapy. Yes, he does need some therapy. I had some really weird friends. I mean, the only people that should be asking you about your poop is probably your nurse or your doctor. Yeah. Your nurse or your doctor. I'd have patients that'd be like, why do you want to know that? And I was like, well, if I don't write it down that you've gone, the doctor's going to see that you haven't gone for three days and he's going to bring out the big guns and you're going to explode in the bathroom. So just be honest with me. (laughs) Little green monsters, I used to call it. And they'd be like, I went today. And I'm like, okay. I'd be like, no, I I pooped earlier, whether I did or not. I'm like, oh, no. Uh, Nurses, we can tell when someone has C. diff. What's that? C. difficile is basically when it happens a lot when you've had in um, surgery and they put you on antibiotics, it cleans out all the good flora and the bad flora in your gut. You need good flora to digest. Which flora is? Good flora. I'd have to look it up. The bacteria. The bacteria. Excuse me. Yeah. 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 There's people out there that are going to be listening going, why are they putting flowers in their gut? Oh. (laughs) So. But um, it's the good stuff. Helps you digest. And when you go to the bathroom after the situation, you have, it's, it's, it's rank. Have you seen the meme I showed you? Remember the meme I showed you with the incredible Hulk sitting on the, yes, it's hilarious. On the toilet and he's like, and it says, try the tacos. They said, you'll love the tacos. They said that, yeah, that, that's, I need to hang that up and stick it on the nurse's station somewhere in the hospital. But here you go guys. That, but what you give you, we give you antibiotics, put that good bugs back in your system to help you digest your food. Yeah. Uh, GI bleeds. We can smell when someone's got blood and they're still probably a mile away. I think any nurse listening really? to this is like, yep, they got blood. How come you, how can you know that? It has a very distinct smell. Because it's, it's being digested by the flora, maybe, or what? Well, if you've got blood in your stool from any type of um, prick in your intestines or your yeah. colon or anything, and it comes out in your, in your poop... It has a very distinct smell and it's, I can't really describe it, but it's just very, we're like, mm, GI bleed. Cause it's, it's, wow. it's one of those things that every nurse graduates to be able to, you know, become a studious too, is that and C. difficile or C. diff. So how much should we, we, we be worried about catching something like monkey pox? Unless you're around someone who has it. If you're around maybe someone who, is a zoo handler, you probably should be making sure you wash your hands and they wash their hands well and that kind of thing. 
if you're a general public, things like that, unless there's an outbreak in your area, I think you're fine. I mean, even if, you know, just be mindful of anything. As we're fixing to go into flu season, flu is, and of course, COVID's going to probably stay forever. Mm. Just, you know, use general common sense. Wash your hands. Stay home if you're sick. You know, be careful around um, sick people who are sick. You know, try not to, someone's actively coughing and hacking in your face, use distance. Yeah, uh, don't give them the 20 bucks, find a different hooker. Yes, a clean one preferably. That <laughs> doesn't have any type of, you know, respiratory illness. Yeah. You're more likely probably to catch tuberculosis. Really? Or leprosy? Leprosy is so rare anymore. Yeah, but we still have leper colonies. I didn't know about that. I took care of one guy that had leprosy. I remember it like scared all of us and the doctor's like, it's fine. Really? Just don't touch him. He'll be fine. Use gloves like you always do. We're like, I didn't know. It's not something they teach in nursing school. It just showed up on his chart and I'm like, what's this? Google it. And I'm like, holy (laughs) shit, he has leprosy. Hansen's disease? Hansen's disease. That's correct. Why do they call it that? Probably because the guy that discovered it's name's Hansen. Was it the singers? I hope not. Little kid singers? That would be fair. Those kids, God, <laughs> they look scary with the hair and they're umbopping. Umbopping with their, with their leprosy. So they're in the middle of the in the middle of the song and ear falls off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would hope not. No, or your nose. Um, Dryer's dead. Yes, as you can tell, that we're you know you probably can't hear it actually. Let's see here. See, I'm looking on Wikipedia. Um, Trying to figure out, uh, they don't have any, they don't, they're not, they have some leper colonies, East Africa, Middle East, Europe, Asia, and, uh, uh, leper colonies. Do they still, I know there's one in South Arkansas. It's, it's not really a leper colony. It's more like just a, you know, like a long-term care facility. So I'd be more worried about tuberculosis than I would be really about. Yeah, but you can really live with tuberculosis. You can, you can. I mean, it's good. Leprosy is just totally different. I mean, it's, it's, you're literally, you're, you become necrotic from it, right? It's just extremely sad, really. And people back in the day really didn't know what it was. They just knew if your ear is falling off, your nose is falling off, if something's wrong with you, you need to go outside the village and stay there. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. <laughs> I mean, what are you supposed to do with them? Right? You know, it was scary. They didn't understand antibiotics. I mean, they didn't understand um, how diseases are spread. Yeah. Well, they were for a long time, they weren't. Allowed to, you know, they said bathing made you sick. I, know. I guess if it did, if you were bathed in like the local pool, it probably did make you sick because of what's the, I mean, the cholera is cholera, yeah. through water is waterborne. I think back in the day when they didn't understand cholera, we had cholera outbreaks during like the 1700s. I don't, I don't know if we've had anything past that, but poor sanitation. So if you're taking a bath in, in the water, that has cholera in it, then you're going to basically take a bath in people's poop and pee. Then you're going to associate disease and yeah. being sick with water because you don't know that you, I should not be taking a bath in the same water that my neighbor took a poop in. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it, don't do that. Please don't do that. First off, you're not going to smell any better when you're done. No, which yes. I don't understand. But it was back in the day though, I was reading something about, um, the sun King, King Lewis, I'm kind of a nerd I like to read about medical stuff from 
way back when and that they didn't under he only they said he only bathed three times in his life I hope to God that's not true. But when, uh, was when, he, when was it when he was baptized, right? Probably. And they would douse themselves in perfume. And I'm like, wow. That's what everybody did. They yeah. all doused themselves in some kind of perfume or something. It was like, bleh. But I'm like, in those days. People stink it up now. You didn't have sanitation. So what did you do? Poop in the chamber pot and just throw it out your window? No, they had dudes who walked around the town. That's where they'd wear those masks. Remember, you remember in Amadeus? Yeah. They had the guy in the black robe. Oh, yeah. With the black mask. And yeah. He'd come in and pay him. Yeah, yeah. To keep him fucked up. Yeah. Right? That's actually more akin. It's not exactly, but it's more akin to a, the, what would they call those? Just Donald would know this. Uh, that, that's more akin to the guy that walked around town. You gave him 50 cents or a penny or whatever. And then he'd put his pot that he's carrying around on the ground. He'd put his cape over you. And then you take shit, right? Ugh. No one could see you. You'd do whatever you're doing, and then you'd be like, I'm done, buddy. And you take the cape over off of you, take your shit and walk away. That's that's how they that's what that guy's outfit was actually more akin to that. That's what people who wore that would be. So in the old Victorian days and before, that's what they did. There's a dude walking around, he's making money, dealing in shit. Do you get good in, good insurance or good benefits because you're a they didn't city, have benefits back you know then. What I mean? You're a city employee. You get you get <laughs> paid. With, no, he wasn't. No, they were entrepreneurs. There was no city behind that. The good beginning of the first toilet. Yeah. No. So yeah. Now they would just have, you know, uh, porta potties. Well, I remember being a kid visiting my great aunt before she had plumbing and they had an outhouse. And I remember. hole. I remember. That stinks. Being like, never really saw that before. And I remember getting my parents and they're like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's not like, you know, a porta potty thing. It's like a bunch of wood up, like the classic might as well have the little sun and the moon in the door kind of thing. It really was scary. I'm like six and I'm like, there's like toilet paper on this stick. It's like, don't fall in. Yeah. And I'm like, it's a hole in the ground <laughs> with this little wooden thing. Over I'm it going that you fishing. You sit on. And I remember, Bishop, oh God. And as a kid, I wouldn't go to the bathroom. I made my parents take me to the gas station <laughs> to go to the bathroom. I was so petrified because I thought that something was going to come out of the ground and get me, I guess. I don't know. I was. It was, it was, it was the test for the, uh, for the uh, clitoral, clitorical studies. Well, I failed. <laughs> I'm glad you failed. I didn't, we didn't need that. But um, <laughs> it's amazing, like you know, study. the key to like taking care of yourself is like the basic stuff that we've learned over the years is wash, bathe, keep your house clean, you know. Yeah. Which people stop. They're not really doing that that much anymore. I was talking to somebody who goes to everybody's uh, other people's houses. And you did this as a nurse when you went to a house nurse. Home health. Oh, Home Lord. Health. I got some stories there. Whew. And people don't really keep their stuff clean. They really don't. And I don't get it. I mean, we, it's about 50 50, I think. You know, I've been in some, I've been in some really high end houses that go in there and it's filthy. It's weird. It's like you all make enough money to hire a maid. If you don't want to do it, just get somebody in there to do it for you. Well, this case that I remember is she was elderly. And That's she, different. She might be, not be able to. She couldn't. And her house, you walk in there and the walls were moving because there were so many roaches during the Blech. daylight. I remember sitting, I didn't want to sit down because I was like, I don't want to carry this home. I have kids, you know, yeah. 
Alex had asthma and they're known to kind of yeah, mess yeah, with yeah, their yeah, asthma. Yeah. And there's this roach that was following a circle along her coffee cup and it fell in and she drank it. And I'm just sitting there just like, I did what I needed to do. And I got out of there. I went to the social worker that we had through yeah. home health. We ended up pitching in all of us and paid for an exterminator yeah. to come out. And the exterminator came back to us and said, it's so bad that really what we need to do is have her move. Well, yeah. She didn't have the ability to move. Yeah. So he said that he would help her pro bono basically. Yeah. So he went out there like every couple of days and exterminated her house. And a bunch of us went back to this lady's house and helped her get through her clean stuff, it clean it up for her. Cause she didn't have any family and couldn't do it. And all of us just felt so bad for her. I mean, that was kind of above and beyond what we needed to do, but we just, that's what we did. For that. That's what we did. Cause I mean, we cared, Yeah. but she remember being so grateful and so happy for us that she ended up making us this cake. And she brought it to us. And then when you cut into it, 40,000 roaches came out of it. I remember us looking no? at each, No. We looked at each other and we're like, who wants to taste test it first? Because we thought we all been in that house. Yeah, you knew better. And But her, we got her house really clean yeah. and everything. And, you know, I don't know whatever really became of her, but it's a case well, I'll always remember. probably gone now. Yeah, but I just remember the roaches making the walls move. And it, I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to end up taking them home because those things don't die. So should we be worried about monkeypox? I would say no, I really would. But you know, I think the news sometimes amplifies anything that's foreign. We're on such sensitive. If it bleeds, if it bleeds, it leads. We're so sensitive because all of what we went through with COVID that anything remotely comes over that everyone's just like on high alert. Mm. You know? I don't know. I don't care. Bring it over. Let's go. Works for me. No? I say if you're going to have it happen, everybody needs to go get their smallpox vaccination. Yeah. Well, it's old. They haven't updated it in a long time. The smallpox vaccination. I don't know. The way I look at it is don't stop giving the shot. That's what keeps it away. Yeah. Well, and it's not gone. They say it's gone, but it's not gone. You still get an outbreak. It's like measles. You get measles outbreaks every year in school districts around the country. It's supposed to be gone too, but it didn't. It came back. And, and part of it was, I mean, it's okay. For, I don't have a problem with people choosing not to be vaccinated. That is their problem. I don't either. It's your choice, but I, I would advise parents. Always try to do it. Yeah. Look at the long-term repercussions of what your child could get if they actually, actually caught it. Like yeah. measles, you can get. It can get really bad. Polio, for example. Damage your heart vessels and go into heart failure at an early age. Yeah. Well, it's like me with pneumonia. So everybody say, if anybody thinks that pneumonia, that, that vaccines are evil and terrible and they're going to mind control. It's like what my buddy Noah says up at work. He says, I got my vaccines and ever since then, my 5G really works well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um but I got, I used to get pneumonia two to three times a year. I've been getting pneumonia two to three times a year since I was like nine. And I got the scars on my lungs to prove it. Okay. But about oh, 15, 12 years ago, I started getting, I t finally talked a doctor into giving me the pneumonia vaccine. They usually only get it to people that are 60, 65. Mm -hmm. They don't want to give it to young people, but I'm in my, I was in my thirties and I'm like, yo, 
this might help me. I get pneumonia three times a year. I end up in the hospital every other year from pneumonia or dehydration. And so he finally gave it to me. I mean, I, I hate it when doctors, all they want to do is go buy the fucking book. They don't go and do any critical thinking and they want to, they just want to stay in the box. That's not, well, it may not always be their fault. Sometimes they have to stay in the box because the administration above them. Yeah, the hospital. Well, it's like the doctor I go to now, he can't talk to me about reproduction or anything uh, in that, in that form or vein because I'm not married. Yes, I'm saying sometimes it's the administration in which you're a part of. If I got married, then he could talk to me about it. But I, but because it's a Christian-based hospital, he can't talk. He can't, until I get married, he can't talk to me about it. But so they gave me the started getting the vaccine. About it's supposed to last five years. I get mine every two, two and a half years because at that point I start to get pneumonia, and you can tell I will actually get pneumonia. Mm. Um, but I'll be clear for two, two and a half years, I won't get pneumonia no matter what. But at two and a half, possibly three, I start getting pneumonia. So we are every two and a half years, I get the vaccine for pneumonia and uh, I haven't had pneumonia, a full blown case of pneumonia in 10, 15 years. That's awesome. And it's from the vaccine. It's just from the vaccine. You just got to be an advocate for yourself. Oh, I'm an advocate for self. I walk into the doctor and say, you give me this, I'm going to pound you in the face. I guess I wouldn't advise that, you know, but. It didn't work. No, it doesn't work. work. Just get you thrown out of the hospital. You got to find another doctor, but that's okay. He wasn't very good anyway. Just advocate for yourself, you know. I'll tell you what, though. Sometimes, sometimes the doctors, I mean, they're not motivated by an individual patient saying, I'm not going to bring my business here anymore. Because they're all motivated by the freaking insurance companies and the consortium that they're in. And it's annoying because they forget about the health. Uh, the, The last doctor I had that made me change, that guy, good grief, that guy, he told me. No matter what I would do, he told me I was going to be, I had to do this, 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 and this, and I needed to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, dude, I don't have problems like that. My blood pressure is barely, I mean, I'm at the time I was 340 pounds eating whatever I want, whenever I want, didn't care. My blood pressure was pre-hypertensive at best. Okay. And he puts me on four blood pressure medications. Well, that's overboard. And he said it's because I'm fat and I don't watch what I eat. And I'm like, maybe a little bit, but mostly it's because I live with the bitch and I'm fucking tired of her and it makes my blood pressure go up. (laughs) Which was true in your case. (laughs) I just think, you know, people need to be like, you know, not fat shaming. People need to listen to the patient. Oh, they did that to me again. I went, remember when I I went to the doctor and I had to see somebody else because my hip hurt? Yeah, yeah. My second, I got it. My hip hurts really bad sometimes because because of weight. Weight does change the way your body carries your 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 nerves. So I've got a nerve that gets a little irritated, and the, the what they were what he wanted to do is going to give me gabapentin. He wanted me to take like two a day, which is fine. I don't know, whatever. I never did do it. I just if I lose weight, it goes away. So that's what I need to do. But he told me that I was fat, too fat, and way too fat. These come right out and say you're fat. Yeah, his bedside manner was that of a, a schoolyard bully. Yeah, you. But can't. it wasn't even funny. Like if House was, it's like the, the the fictional character House on TV. If he was going to insult me for being fat, he wouldn't just sit there and say you're fat. 
he would find out some really awesome way to tell it to me. And then at least I could have enjoyed being insulted because it had been funny. <laughs> you know, I think it's great. We have the movement of all shapes, all sizes, all body, you know, not body shaming, but physicians yeah. do get education. Nurses do about, and we do every year in our compliance stuff where I'm at about, you know, not fat shaming and being respectful and being kind and to people's religion and their weight. Well, and you go too far. I mean, if somebody's, you know, doing something wrong, then they need to know they're doing something wrong. And a lot of people think that they're getting shamed because they're fat. Well, it's not, maybe it's not shaming. Maybe it's why well, I suggest that maybe you might cut back on your calories a little bit so that way you can lose a little bit of weight so that it doesn't hurt your hip. That would have been a much nicer way to say yeah. it. But instead of going, you know, you're just fat and fat people do this and, and fat, this, fat, fat. I just don't like how people think that fat people are lazy. That's not true. Well, even Joe Rogan, uh, who, who everybody loves, but Joe Rogan, he's got a real complex about anybody who's not in shape. He calls them fat and lazy and, and all kinds of names. And it's not true. Some people, you know, yeah, I may eat too much pizza. I love pizza. But I made each too much, too much pizza, but it doesn't make me it doesn't make me anything other than who I am. I'm still who I am. Yeah. And so it's on all sides of it. You've got the progressives. They want you to live the way they want you to live. Right. You got the conservatives that are like, well, you should pray to God and hope that you can live the way you want to live. And then you got people like Joe Rogan who just fat shame shit out of you because they have no idea what it's like to live on the other side of the uh, other side of existence from more than they are. I mean, I've lost 40 pounds. Is that all? Yeah. I lost 40 pounds and you couldn't even notice. Yeah. I lost 40 pounds during the pandemic. Went back to the hospital full time and some people didn't even recognize me. Look completely different. Yeah. That's what I was told, but I did it cause I wanted to. And I know what it's like to be the heavier set and teased and mocked and made fun of because you're the fat girl. Oh, you'd be cute if you would just, you know, lose some weight and this the derogatory comments over the years. But I, I had to be in my own headspace and be ready to do it when I was ready to do it. And I did it. And, yeah. you know, it's not going to help if somebody walks up to you and says, well, if you wouldn't be so fat. Yeah. It just be kind. We just all need to be kind to people. Somebody says that to me, they're going to, they're going to be like, oh, I'd be alive if it wasn't for this foot up my ass, which <laughs> is be my foot, of course. <laughs> Does everybody be kind, be nice to each other, do something good for Well, if you're going to be mean, at least do it in a way that the other person goes, <laughs> I'd be mad, but that was a really good insult. That was extremely <laughs> funny and thoughtful. <laughs> I can't say I'd be that way. I'd be like, yeah, asshole, be nice. <laughs> I'm, I, I, you have to learn to appreciate everything around you. This is true. For whatever it is, because if you don't, then life just sucks so I appreciate as much as I possibly can. I appreciate it until I stab somebody in the face. What? You're funny. You're the one that gets mad more than me. I'm usually just walking around going, okay. Hmm. We all have our points. <laughs> She's wanting to stop. She's over there twiddling something. Nah. You have anything else to say? Huh? No, just thank you for letting me be a part of this podcast and hopefully I'll be back soon. Of course you'll be back soon. Sounds like a plan. Duh. Hopefully get some interviews. We're going to try and get some interviews on stuff. I want to know, figure out something that's interesting to know next. Like she, you're really into true crime. Yes. My, one of my favorite podcasts is Morbid, a true crime podcast. It's now on um, 
Wondery. Yeah. They sw- now went to Wondery. I really I like True Crime Garage better. I listen to that too, but I just like um, more about a true crime podcast. I just like listening to the case. Both of us like that one. What, what is it? That one? Sword and Scale. Sword and Scale. We both like Sword and Scale, but we both kind of dislike Sword and Scale at the same time. Because that guy's kind of an asshole. Yes. You at know? times. But it suits him well for his. Still an asshole. For his show. But. Yeah. He's a, kind of vindictive too. Hmm. He does his own research. Does his own thing. It's okay. It's, 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 I mean, I don't not like it. I learned a lot from the morbid because they talk about stuff like they're doing one on Jack the Ripper right now. And I'm learning more about Jack the Ripper than I ever have from anything else I've ever they're read. Consolidating it all for you. Is this, they're really I just in, worry if it's all researched out or they have all the show notes and everything and all the books they've read, all the things they've gone to. Right. And it's just, I really enjoy their podcast. So whoever's listening, check them out. They're really, really good. They've, on for quite a while and now they just went to Wondery so and I doubt anybody's going to be listening at the moment but if you do or if it's in the far future from now and we're still doing podcasts you can send me a a question or something you want to talk about and if I find it interesting and I'm like hmm I want to know about that I I will definitely put it on send an email to Paul G at Paul G Newton.com that's Paul G at Paul G Newton.com what was your Paul G Newton.com address what did I put? A at, or what was it? I think it's a, yeah. Okay. A at PaulGNewton.com? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's only two people that have email addresses there because I turned Donald's off because he wasn't using it. Jerk. So send us out a shout out. Give us your, just your thoughts. We love hearing your feedback. Yeah, or, or just hit me with the question or if something you found, you know, I don't think I really want to go over flat earth because duh, it yeah. doesn't exist. Duh. I agree. Although it really took NASA a very long time to figure out how to get all those rockets up there without bumping against the ceiling. This is true. Mm-hmm. Trial and error. Yeah. <laughs> There's only a specific place they can go. Otherwise, it's the ceilings too low over there. Right. And then uh, uh, ghosts. Yes. I want to cover the Crescent Hotel. I've actually had an experience there. So I'd like I to. I had an experience there, but what didn't have anything to do with ghosts. <laughs> What? It's a whole, I'll talk, talk about that and the experience I had. And the experience I had was mostly just, it was okay. Beautiful place and take a shower Springs. after. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, That's, it was not with Andrea. No. It's a whole other topic that we're not going to cover because it's not. I'm an asshole. Rated for. Uh, Actually, I'm not an asshole. I'm just an ass, right? Yes. That's what I told you when you first met me, didn't I? Yes. I laughed and. He's not, he's not off. I said, I'm not an asshole. I'm just an ass. Is it true? Yes. But you're my ass. No, I'm not your ass. You're sitting on your ass. Yes. I'm just, I'm an ass. I know, but you're, you're sweet to me. So you're not that much of an ass. (laughs) You think that now. See, she tells, she's like, we're getting a really nice, comfortable moment. She goes, I love you, Paul. And I go, sucker. (laughs) (laughs) Which is probably true. (laughs) All right. Send us an email if you want to hear something fun. If you want to talk about stuff. I'll run down a gas to find. If you want to find out if a quadrilateral triangle, uh, it can be used to ward off uh, space fleas from your anus. I will find somebody to answer that question for you. All right. Send us an email. Send me an email. Let me know what you want to do. I guess I'll do another one next week if I can get Donald involved. If he doesn't want to get involved, I'll go over there, kick his ass and make him do it anyway.
Thank you.